This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week we're covering some pretty far out issues. Far of, out. Far out, dude. Yeah. Is putting it mildly. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, this is this is like staple of the guest era right here. You know, this is like when you think of the guest era. These are prime examples. <laughs> when we, we yeah, when people say like the guest era isn't canon, it's these three books they're specifically talking about. Oh, I mean, what they're specifically talking about is the Head and McWeeny stuff, which we've skipped. Yeah, yeah but... we've we've skipped. We've separated some wheat from some chaff in this show. <laughs> definitely, I feel well, like. Well, I mean, but... this is definitely some chaff right here because. Oh, strong disagree. I enjoyed all of them. I actually think these are three really good issues. Uh, I think. I think overall the guest era kind of gets a bad rap, but there is some good stuff in it. And I think there, these three kind of symbolize that. There is good stuff, and and I'll I'll talk about some of the things I like um, because I read these all for the first time. So yeah, yeah. so uh, these issues are the, the we're talking about <laughs> numbers 30, 33, and then the ring, which was a short story in Turtle Soup number two. And Which Turtle Soup was a spinoff title, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, an anthology it, title. Yeah, it's, so, it's a volume two, number one. There was a one. the first volume was only one issue, and mm. it got canceled, and they started a second volume that went for four issues. Oh, so it's Turtle so, Soup volume two, number one. So explaining that for people who don't know, Turtle Soup um, was like kind of like I want to say kind of like Tales of the TMNT, mm-hmm. um, but specifically like guest era non-canon stuff yeah definitely like yeah exactly that <laughs> yeah it's just a bunch I, of I was gonna try and come up with a different a different <laughs> way of saying it but no it's specifically guest era non-canon stuff just artists doing whatever they want with the turtles mm-hmm. and they're all super short stories yeah very very quick i think my, my comic shop regularly gets old issues of turtle soup still oh really yeah like they're i always see them in the long boxes because I, I always like to check for you know rare turtles books that i don't have or just something neat in there and i always see turtle soup but i've actually never uh bought an issue well, now's the perfect time now's <laughs> the perfect time that i have more context after learning about it on the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. What a great podcast Truly. this is. All right, so we've got Sky Highway, Turtles Take Time, and The Ring. So why don't we go ahead and get started? Spencer, yeah. tell us the story. Yeah, sorry. Number 37, tacked onto the end of The Ring. Well, it's, I oh, guess, yeah. the bulk of it. Issue 37, Twilight of the Ring. So that worked as like a sequel to The Ring. 
Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> totally interrupted you. <laughs> You're good. No worries. I just figured I'd hurry and fill in that last blank there. So awesome. two of these issues you'll be able to find in Teenage Mutant Turtles classics books. I think it's volume four. That's what I just read it in today. Yep. Same. That's where you'll find the ring, try to the ring, turtles take time. Uh, Sky Highway is going to require a little bit more digging. Last time I checked, it's where I got it. You can buy it off of the Mirage licensing website if you're looking for the issue. Uh, I was actually Mirage able Group. to find it at my local comic shop. Oh, so there you go. Cool. That was. And... Yeah. Turtles take was, time uh, was also in a. Turtles take it wasn't time a very was also... good copy. It's literally kind of falling apart. <laughs> oh. That means someone enjoyed it really well. But you can also. Absolutely. You, you can find Turtles take time in uh, Kevin Eastman's quarter century celebration. That's the first place I read it. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, I have that book, and I'll, yeah. have to, I'll have to look at that. Yeah. So now, let me tell you a story. With all that out of the way, <laughs> the ancient one did tell me a story. I think you guys would want to hear about Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. All right, issue number thirty, Sky Highway. This is a story and art by Rick Veach. The letters by Mary Kelleher was published in April of 1990. So our story opens up with four mutato heads. They're grotesque mutant men that love going fast in their vehicles and causing all sorts of mayhem. After intentionally causing a major accident, they get off of their otherworldly highway. Meanwhile, the turtles and Casey find a nice secluded spot on a hill overlooking a valley to eat their lunch. While they're up there, they see a massive sprawling highway in the valley that was not there before. Not only that, but they see the Mutato heads jack Casey's car. Raphael jumps on the roof of the car and holds on while the Mutato heads drive off. Everyone else gets in the vehicles that the Mutato heads left behind to give chase. And that chase ends up leading back into the freeway dimension. Raph tries to hold on to the stolen car, but gets thrown off and lands in the car of a mutant woman. He learns that everyone here used to be normal people, but the longer that they drive on this freeway, they end up becoming mutants, mutatos, mutato heads maybe, or maybe that's just the name of the gang specifically. I think that's just the name of the, the gang of dudes that have stolen Casey's car. Anyway, the traffic stops and two of the vehicles break down, so Don and Mikey are forced to get into Leo's car. Casey's on top of the car he stole, raving like a lunatic, and is nearly crushed by cars falling from the accident above them, so then he ends up having to get in Leo's car, too. They spot Casey's original car again and give chase once more. The Mutato heads try to lose the turtles by dumping tacks behind them, but they manage to get through it. Raph spots his brothers below him from the lady's car, and jumps to it, uh, well, jumps into it from up above and ends up riding along with them now. So he's learned about the fact that everyone here becomes a mutant. He pulls off Casey's mask to have his worries confirmed that Casey has become a mutant. The turtles must be immune since they are already mutants. They're now neck and neck with the mutato heads, but the grotesque speed demons have one more foul trick up their sleeve. They spill oil and send everyone spinning. Both cars fall off the freeway into the light below, then find themselves in a parking lot. Casey and the Mutato Heads mutation has been reversed. 
KC gets his car back from the from the now average Joes that used to be the Mutado heads. Uh, and he gets in it and rides off with the turtles. The Mutado heads go on their way with their own car, only to decide that this is that life is dull and that they'd rather be on the sky highway again. They find their way back on and return to their life as speed demon mayhem causing hooligans. The end. Riveting. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I could not do that story full justice. It, you know uh, what? <laughs> it, it can only work in a comic book. It, it only can work in a comic book. Uh, speaking of other things that don't, can only work in comic books, Turtles Take Time. Uh, this is issue number 33 of the Mirage TMNT, uh, written by Jan Sternenad. Uh, pencils by Richard Corbin and a cover date of June 1990. As the issue begins, the turtles are battling pirates on the high sea. Once the pirates have swabbed the deck with those foul freebooters, Don pulls out an odd cube out of his belt. We discover that the cube is a time travel device that the guys got for net. Lord Simultaneous is not so capable I'm Lord uh, from way back in issue number eight. Don then... Uh, we get a flashback of Donnie telling the story of how they got cube, how the turtles uh, accidentally activated it and then sent them back in time, uh, becoming anamorphic ally auto synchronized with whatever time period they land in. They land uh, in the year 1500 AD. Then they get transported to the pirate ship where we catch up with the story. Um, but as they do, the turtles then figure out what they mean by the autosynchronous, uh, and they start to kind of take on the appearances of that era. So uh, Donnie gets a peg leg because they're on a pirate ship. Leo has an eye patch. Raph has rotten teeth for some reason, and Mikey has a swashbuckling mustache. Donnie activates the uh, the cube again and the turtles get teleported only a little too back early into the timeline to right before they uh, teleported themselves away so they actually paradoxically meet themselves uh, the past turtles are very surprised thinking that this is some kind of weird attack give them five seconds to tell them what's going on the our present turtles then try to figure out what's going on and they can't fight themselves. You know, that they're just as good as themselves. They, they realize as Donnie tries to figure out how best to solve the situation, they start to talk about how the, there's an energy mass displacement because there's energy is a finite uh, There's just as much energy in the universe now as there has always been. So Donatello so Donatello theorizes that because of the energy mass displacement that they're currently experiencing, something's going to happen. And we experience that with our first time quake. The time quake then shifts all the turtles through time. Uh, the turtles are thrust back into eggshells. They discover that they've been turned back into baby turtles in the sewer. The turtles then are running away from another sewer alligator that's chasing them when they experience another time quake, thrusting them back into medieval times. Uh, the turtles are then surrounded by knights who begin to attack them. Uh, 
while they're all panicking because they can't find Donatello. Meanwhile, an arrow shoots the eye of Sir Lancelot, and they find out Donatello is the one who pulled the string on that one. As they try to figure out whether or not they killed the actual Knights of the Round Table, they go through another time quake, and this time sends them back to the dawn of time. The, uh, the turtles are now cavemen who are fighting against hungry ape men. The ape men are super hungry and start chasing the turtles, but then the turtles forget that they already told themselves don't kill anything in the past period and wind up killing all of humanity. The turtles are then thrust once more into another time quake all the way back to the beginning of the universe. The turtles are then thrown once more into one final earthquake and time quake back to the present as if nothing ever happened. Donatello realizes that none of their actions in the past may have any effect on the present. And then he reaches for the cube once more, mumbles to himself, so much for the past. And he starts playing with the cube. He says, so you guys ready to check out the future? And the other three turtles beat the crap out of him. The end. Bold, bold storytelling. Honestly, it was kind of fun. Yeah, no, it's definitely a fun story. Definitely, yeah. All right, next up we have a, a story in two parts. So the prequel is Donatello the Ring. This is first published in the anthology series Turtle Soup, Volume 2, Issue 1, in November of 1991. Story in pencils by Rick McCollum, inks by Bill Anderson, and colors by Jim Woodring. So Splinter has recommended that Don go into the woods to be alone and meditate. While walking around, Don absentmindedly falls off a small cliff. He lands and finds that a piece of his shell has broken off. He examines the shard of his shell, noting that it has layers showing how he's grown and how complex he is. He lays down and watches a caterpillar eat. And he thinks about how at one point in his life, that caterpillar would have been lunch. But now he's evolved to appreciate finer foods like pizza. While he's doing this, a mysterious voice is speaking about the rings, how we remember our lives as rings and how Don is part of the ring. Don does some exercises and meditates. The voice continues on about how, quote unquote, we once lived on our bellies, then ruled the land, then lost our way. The voice says Don and his brothers came around as the rings spun anew. It says our race is upright once more. You reach higher than the tallest of our kind, and you can go further than we ever dared. I'm glad I waited to see you. The world has changed, but the patience of the reptile is legendary. I've been rewarded. Don looks up in the trees and sees a giant turtle peeking at him through the branches, but it instantly disappears. As he heads home, Don, Don promises to bring his brothers here soon to feel their roots. So that's the prequel. The main story is issue 37, Twilight of the Ring. This is from June of 1991 by Rick McCollum and Bill Anderson. So Donatello returns to the farmhouse, says he saw something amazing, and thinks that Splinter knew exactly what he was doing the whole time. That evening over a bonfire, Don tells the rest of the group what he saw. Raph and Mike laugh at him, but Leo is at least skeptical, asking Don if he has any hard evidence. Splinter chastises them for their lack of respect, noting that they are not close to their heritage or their roots. Reptiles used to rule the world, and Splinter reminds them of how happy they were during the three months that they were trapped back in prehistory with Renette. Uh, that was back in Tales of the TMNT number seven. 
Ref says that mammals have done a terrible job with the world, which kind of takes off Splinter in April when they remind him that, hey, Casey Jones, your best friend, is also a mammal. Uh, but Splinter says that everything must rise and fall, including mammals. Splinter encourages the boys to go see if they can find what Donatello saw. The boys take off on a hike. They stop for the evening, and Mike offers to keep first watch. He's too distracted by a lizard running around his feet to notice a large, hairy claw ready to attack him. The next morning, the rest of the gang can't find Mike, only a broken nunchuck and some blood splatter on some rocks. Raph insists they find Mike, but Don, in a weird voice, says the quest is more important and they need to keep faith, just like they did when Raph evolved. He also says going after Mike is exactly what the adversary wants them to do. Leo decides they're now on a combat mission and they press on. The next night's foggy. The three turtles keep watch together and use bird signals to check in every half hour. Eventually, Raph stops signaling. Leo and Don find his sight broken and sticking out of a tree trunk. The next morning, Leo asks Don what they're fighting. Don's speaking in that weird voice again about rings and the adversary. He says they are avatars of the scaly race, that the ring has been broken and only they can make it move again, and they press on. Now, we cut real quick to Mike and Raph. Uh, they're alive and they found each other, but they're injured. Mike has a claw slashed across his chest and Raph is Raph's arms in a sling. He's got a... I sure do have a slash across my chest. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and Raph's arms in a sling. His his head's all bloodied up uh, and bandaged. Uh, Michelangelo gathers supplies from their original campground, including a bunch of knives and shuriken, and they plan to hunt down the thing that attacked them. That night, Leo and Don are attacked again. During the fight, Leo cuts off one of the hairy arms of their attacker. Uh, they set up a camp for the night, but Don's getting more unhinged. He's wrapped a blanket around him like a cloak, and he's painting himself with mud, claiming to be a shaman against the adversary, who will help the great turtle spirit, the father of all reptiles. That night, Leo and Don have the same dream, seeing the history of reptile evolution and a possible future of reptiles had the ring not been broken by the mammals. The next day, the fog appears again, and Leo and Don are attacked once more. Don is thrown against a tree and breaks his leg, Lee, he begs Leo to press on so their sacrifices won't be in vain. Don tells Leo he was wrong. Leo is a shaman, not him. Leo leaves Don with one of his, one of his katanas and hears Don scream as he walks away. The father of all reptiles starts speaking to Leo and leads him up a cliff to a giant egg, the father's nexus of power and his prison. Leo falls asleep, dreaming of death and extinction, but is woken by a giant possum creature, the adversary. Leo and the adversary battle as the father of all reptiles looks on. We cut back to Mike and Raph, who have found Don and are making their way to the egg. Mike thinks he sees the turtle spirit in the clouds, but it disappears instantly. Uh, they climb the cliff to find Leo sitting up against the egg, with parts of the adversary's body laying around him as they disappear into smoke. The giant egg is cracked open, and Leo says, we freed him. The wheel is moving again. The ring is whole. The end. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right? Spiritual experiences. Pretty good. It's one of the more epic, like, single issues we've read in quite yeah. a while. Yeah. It's Very it's packed. something. Yeah. Dense. All right. Well, we'll go over things in the second time around then. Hey, uh, nice junk. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's the second time around. So I don't really have much <laughs> to say about the second time around. But I do feel like there's a theme in here about how the freeway can kind of turn people into monsters. You know, just like your everyday average Joe riding on the freeway, 
can kind of just end up, you know, can kind of just become a jerk when they're on the freeway. I mean, oh, as yeah. somebody that's grown up in Southern California and lived here all my life, uh, I don't, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Utah has been voted to have like the worst drivers in the state, apparently, and then in the country. I mean, really? And I, that's where I live. Yeah, it's something that people uh, like you know, bringing I up believe. here. I know, I believe, though. I'm sure, I'm sure you do. Maybe it's just Spencer. Like, they've all just run across Spencer driving. I'm like, ah, that guy. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it was, it was very much in the vein of the river uh, because you know it's Rick Beach, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I I thought it was mutato heads. I also like, pronounced like potato it, heads. Yeah, like, I also pronounced it that way in my head, but yeah, yeah, I pronounced it mutato because to me it made sense with like auto. I mean, like mutato, 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 mutato. mutato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to make that joke <laughs> all day. Well, I'm glad I could pronounce it wrong, or you know, my way, I guess, Different. just yeah. so that uh, you could make it. Nope. Uh, thank you appreciate it Spencer I, I saw this thing earlier today it was a Klingon from Star Trek and he said uh, the caption was it's it's good to pronounce words incorrectly that means you read it in a book somewhere so uh, yep. yeah. I've heard that saying before did yeah. not know it was from a Klingon um, but I full-heartedly believe that you know yeah, yeah. It, it means at least you tried reading it yeah aha uh-huh. Now, one there of the you know, all those people that made fun of me for saying colonel. <laughs> oh, no, definitely gonna make fun of you for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the mutato or mutato heads does call someone, or no, they call one of them a rat fink. Now, if you guys know rat fink is, uh, I I know who of... rat fink is, and I was like, I was the whole issue. I missed when he called him rat fink, but the whole time I was thinking, I'm like, this looks like rat fink. Oh, totally. Yeah. What's rat fink? I need to know. Uh, you know those. Uh, it's it's a total art style, like those those big custom cars with like a zombie guy on top with like, like big with the bugged uh, out eyes and like it's yeah. really ugly. Rat um, fink is a character from like one of those comics. Uh, uh, big Daddy Roth created him. He's like a, a big figure in like oh okay hot custom culture. Yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Then yeah, yeah. I've just heard like you know like mobster you've, you've movies probably people being seen. like. Yeah, I've seen. Oh, it. yeah, rat fink. About. Yeah, 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 dirty rat fink. You know, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, different, different context there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I spent the whole time like I was like, this looks a lot like rat fink, and so I know I, I kept trying to find him in the background or something. Could not. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because there's one panel of somebody like with the bugged out eyes, and I was like, oh, that's definitely a reference. <laughs> Uh, the only other thing I have for this issue in the opening editorial, uh, there's a line that says, "Herein lies Rick Veach's latest offering. May there be many more. Uh, there were not many there were, more. There were no uh-uh. more. <laughs> I think he did. He did like two Casey Jones issues after this, and that was it. So. Yeah, there was like a Casey Jones mini series of two issues mm-hmm. that I hope to be able to get my eyes on one day. You know, read it somewhere, get <laughs> my hands on." Because I like the way he writes Casey. Yeah, like Casey was fun in this mm-hmm. book. Yeah. All right, we ready for Turtles Take Time? Yeah. So Turtles, take, so Turtles take Time. It was funny because 
I spent the whole issue reading it and I was like, when the hell did we talk about Renette? And like, I messaged you guys and I was like, have we met her already? And then you were like, yeah, it was the one episode you weren't on. True. So, uh, yeah, so I totally, totally forgot that they had met Renette at this point. And I spent most of the issue thinking like, this was a cool, like, like it was a weird time traveling story in my head where they like they're talking about how they've already met Renette, but they haven't yet, and they're gonna meet her for the first time in the future. And yeah, then, like this is a time. Like I built this whole stupid head cannon in my head before you were like, oh, you weren't on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was my experience reading it. Um, I looked up the writer Jan Stranad, um, and. Uh, it took me a while to figure out how to pronounce his last name. It's Sternad. Um, and he's actually got a lot of uh, cartoon credits uh, for a lot of shows that I watched when I was younger. Um, I noticed that, yeah. Like Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, Goof Troop. Um, he's one of the writers on Return of Jafar. Um, you know, Aladdin, the TV show that spun off of Return of Jafar. Um I mean, all the way up, he's still writing cartoons. He wrote uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, um, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, so guy's got a good pedigree. Yeah. Wow. RoboCop Alpha Commando, one of the greatest RoboCop spinoffs. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I love Alpha Commando. Okay. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Is that Nobody, like rem- the- Nobody I, I remembers no Alpha versus. Commando. Is this from like the time period when they were just like adapting rated R movies into children's cartoons? No, yes. this is this was way later. <laughs> this was way later than that. Alpha Commando is like 98, 99. Oh, was it that late? Oh, yeah, goodness. that's what I'm saying. Like it had no business existing. Mm. And it wasn't bad. It was about Robocop, like he had been uh turned offline. And then had been like mothballed for uh, like five years or something, and like then then they reactivate him because they need him again. And it, there was some it, like it was very like toyetic. Like he had all these attachments and stuff, and like he can turn his arm and this stuff. It wasn't. It had nothing to do with the originals, uh, with the original movies or shows or anything. I just liked it. It was yeah. stupid. Cool. Huh. What do you know? So welcome to the RoboCop Alpha <laughs> Commander Power Hour. We we have to stop spinning off our own show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we got I mean, we, yeah, we gotta stop. Yeah. We gotta stop. <laughs> now I do believe fun. I do believe that Turtles Take Time is the first full color, full issue of a main series Mirage comic. Okay, um, so that one was oh, color, okay. Huh? Yeah, I don't think a black and white version of this exists. I think it was printed originally in color. I okay. think it's I think it's the only one of volume uh, one. Bu- bu- according to Turtlepedia, uh, this issue was originally published in full color. So there you wow. go. There you go. Do you uh, is so they probably didn't color it for the for the IDW books then, right? It's probably the same colors. I'm guessing. Uh, they they probably it, touched them up, but yeah. I'm sure we can compare and contrast, but it was originally in color at least. Yeah, um, oh, we'll have to we'll have to compare those. Yeah, and uh, in the opening editorial, Eastman mentions this is the third time Richard Corbin has worked on the Ninja Turtles. 
Uh, if you remember, he inked and colored the short story You Had to Be There way back in TMNT number seven, which was their first actual color story. Uh, it was inserted in the middle of that book. He also did the cover for the third printing of issue two, which is really, really cool. It's uh, the turtles like jumping through the door and fighting off Mausers while April's trying to get away. It's it's a good cover. So uh, This um, this comic also inspired one of my favorite uh, TMNT shorts that Nickelodeon animated. Uh, there was a, a summer of shorts a couple of years ago. I remember uh, that. All kind of ba- yeah, remember the summer of shorts? Mm-hmm. Um, so this was adapted into Turtles Take Space and Time, uh, which was really cool. And the uh, the turtles just popped around different time periods. So it opens up their um, it opens up there on the pirate ship, you know, as pirates and stuff. April's there as a pirate, um, and they just they hop around to different time periods and. Like there's this super cool anime sequence at the end that I actually have the model sheets for. Um, oh, cool! Like not physically, I just have them saved on my phone. Uh, less they're, cool, they're, but... they're super. Yeah, it's less cool, but <laughs> like I love I love them so much. Like they're just super super cool looking. Um, but yeah, have I mean it's very loosely inspired by this. Um, like Renette doesn't appear at all, um, but there is the time scepter. Oh, she doesn't appear at all in this comic, so don't worry about it. I mean, yeah, but, but there's no but there's no reference to that. Yeah. In, I really wish short. I really wish something bigger would have come of that summer of shorts, because there were a lot of cool shorts in that that series, but it was like yeah. nothing ever came of it. I don't know what they I think it was just them. for fun. Yeah. Like it was just for fun, but I, I yeah, you're right. Like I wish I wish they would have done more. Um yeah. because they had a bunch of different uh, like a bunch of different creators do them. Yeah, like a what the Vader Zim guy did one. Uh, yeah, uh, Jonah Vasquez. Yeah, Jonah Vasquez. Vasquez. I, like I know the name off the top of my head. Um, and then Rick Hoga, who's done a lot of stuff for Turtles. Um, mm-hmm. She's she's great. Um, but there's yeah, there was there were so many different versions. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like it's like Turtle Soup, but animation. Totally, you know. Yeah, like honestly, a turtles anthology show would be kind of neat. Like, and they tried that with uh, Tales of the TMNT, like season five of twenty twelve. Uh huh. Which also had some of the when they brought them to different times, it would alter them so that they would match it as well in that in in that time travel story there too. Yeah, when they went to Usagi's dimension. Stuff. Not just Usagi's, but like when they did the whole Van Helsing arc thing. Oh, that's right. I yeah. totally forget about that. Yeah. Cool. But that wasn't like them transporting to those time periods. That was them like living in those time periods. Yeah. Right. Well, like, I don't know. Renette what? transported them with her stat with her. Staff. Well, because like the the mutant apocalypse arc, like that's that's not that... them transported into the apocalypse. That's no. them living in it. Yeah, that one's them living in it, but the I'm pretty sure the Van Helsing one like has them jumping around from time period to time period uh, for okay. an arc. Yeah, I think that was it's, just one episode in the time jumping. It's been also... a minute since I've watched that one. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think it was an arc. I think it was like four episodes because it wasn't like Savante mm-hmm. Romero getting together all these monsters and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. Like, there was the mummy and which was you know inspired by I think Egyptian adventure, which we left out of this one. Right, uh, out of this go around. We'll come back and get it later. <laughs> It was inspired by Egyptian adventure, 
in the sense that there is an Egypt. <laughs> there is an Egypt, and they fight. Yeah, a, and yeah. they fight a pharaoh. That There's like, yeah, Egypt in this yeah. universe, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, for this issue, for a while, Kevin Eastman on his website was selling this issue with like a custom sculpted little turtle and an egg, like they appear in this issue. I don't know if you can still get them, but they're. Kind I of remember cute. seeing that. He still sells those little turtles and the eggs. He Does he really? Sell those. They come back on from time to time. Yes, keep an eye out. They look really cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also noticed an I Love Lucy reference on the TV. Uh, I did, and then they repeated it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when they were like, you got some explaining to do. Yeah. Lucy, you got some explaining to do. Yeah. So. And then there's something else it said when she got back. I think it was something like, oh, Ricky, I'm so sorry, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very I Love Lucy. <laughs> You don't remember RoboCop, Alpha Commando, but you remember, but you remember I Love yeah, Lucy. Yeah, <laughs> that, and that's fine. I love I Love Lucy. You know, I spent like a year tracking down all of the DVDs of all the seasons. Really? I did. Wow. That's... I didn't want to just order them because it didn't feel fun. So I spent like a year going to different targets, just finding them a season at a time. And I have all nine seasons, and they are my pride and joy. Nice. Awesome. Good for you. I so love, I, love, I love Lucy, you know. Yeah. Something I just noticed from uh, you know, thanks to Keith, is that uh, this uh, issue also breaks that whole canon thing I had going on. So when I first looked at this issue, I was like, ah, oh, they're sitting in a generic room. This could take place in Northampton. But Keith in the message uh, messenger chat has uh, sent a picture of what I think is issue two. Yeah. Down the so. Lair. I, I said that a little prematurely. I was going to do that for my anchovy. Uh, ah. but, then, but then Mike started talking about not knowing who Renette was. But if you look, they are in their original sewer layer. And like not just yeah. kind of quasi looking like their sewer layer. We don't get a whole lot of good shots of the sewer layer. But mm-hmm. issue two, there's a two-page spread uh, where like Splinter and I think Leo are sitting on the couch and Mike and Raph are fighting and Donatello's working on electronics. If you compare that to a panel... Uh, in this book, it is exactly the same. It's got the same bookcase. I mean, the TV, like the antenna has the same wire in the same place, hmm. same pictures on the wall, same lantern on the ceiling. So this issue would take place when they're in the sewer layer, but we know that they don't meet Renette until they're in uh, April's apartment because they meet her on top of April's building. So this this issue, it's weird to say that like a time travel issue breaks canon, but this one kind of does. It does because it's yeah. even before the time travel happens. Darn it. Yeah, so there's Should have left this one out. Sorry, guys. No, no, I, I really enjoyed this <laughs> way issue. to this ruin is a fun it. One. Yeah. Uh, as of today, July 8th, uh, the Turtle Baby sculpture is currently in stock on Kevin Eastman Studios.com for $85. Whoa. Ooh, that was more than I thought it was. Uh, as a spicy meat. I don't think he was giving these out with those issues. Yeah. Oof. Wow. But no, it's it is it is pretty cool. It is it it looks like it's fully painted, um, and looks like the cops are mad at me. Yeah, but yeah, I think so they're like at custom his... sculpted. I think some fans started sculpting them by hand. I don't think they're like injection mold plastic or anything like that. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to see on here. Uh, da, 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 da. So it was handcrafted and painted by artist Nick Littlefield, um, who is at I really love pixels on Instagram. Oh wow! So yeah, that, looking at looking at their Insta, they got a lot of they got a lot of cool stuff, and uh, it looks like they are still they're still making them as of May. 
uh, he's got a big old picture of uh, the mold. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, cool. that definitely justifies that price then if they're all like hand sculpted and painted. Uh, yeah. So that, that is really cool. All right, the ring. We ready for that? Yeah. Okay, is anybody ready for that? <laughs> so holy moly. Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot. So I noticed in reading just the ring, the short story part, there was the colors were credited in this one. So was it colored in Turtle Soup, Keith? Like in the yes. original? Yes, okay. it was. Yep, cool. yep, yep. Was it credited to Jim Woodring? I I think it was. I didn't write down the credits themselves, but okay. I was. That's what I wanted to know if it was colored or not, because I noticed that looking at it, I was like, oh, it says colors. Yeah, I think Volume Two was in color. I don't think the one issue of Volume One was in color though. But yeah, yeah. So that's neat. I had no idea they did yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So. <laughs> I don't know. If I've I've mentioned this site before. TMNT entity E N T I T Y, mm-hmm. and in that there's a there's a cool article about the the timeline of the Mirage Universe, and specifically there's one about the future of the Mirage Universe. And in that those articles, uh, the guy, uh, I think his name is Mike Mark Pellegrini. I think is the author's of that site's name. Name does sound familiar. Yeah, he points to this issue is being really significant because basically Leonardo dooms humanity and we see in future issues about the future of the turtles that like sea levels are rising uh mankind is in crisis and Leo caused it is what what he's put together from this issue so wow there you go there there are heroes in the half shell and they've doomed humanity I mean, you know, the reptiles have got to be back on top again. Yeah. <laughs> if, anyone, really. if anyone was going to do it, it was going to be Leo. Of course. <laughs> I do find it interesting that, like, Dawn is the spiritual one in this one. So, like, a while back when people would ask, like, which lantern core do you assign each turtle to? I used to always kind of think Dawn for blue. And I think it's because specifically of this issue, as well as, like, later on, I think there's commentary in, like, City at War when the family kind of, like, I think it's like after City War or something like that. I don't know. At some point, the family splits up, but Don stays with Splinter in Northampton. And it's yeah, that's the very last issue. Follow. Yeah, he's yeah. supposed to follow the path of, of Splinter uh, and kind of, you know, have that more spiritual side to him, which, you know, usually isn't associated with, you know, the tech guy that's that's into that. So I thought it was interesting that, that it's kind of the, the route that this, you know, Don Tillo has. I feel like it kind of broadens the character a little bit more. But uh, yeah, more than anything, I just found it interesting that he was the spiritual one. So yeah. if you want to go with, uh, you know, assigning the Mirage Turtles to Lantern Cores, Donatello, Blue Lantern. Donatello, <laughs> Blue Lantern. You read it here first. Oh, all right. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't even know where to start <laughs> with with this it is just wild we want to start digging through our anchovies then <laughs> yeah i yeah, think we'll so. our anchovies. no anchovies you put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble okay I can't let you know. so issue 30 sky highway uh i hate rat fink art style oh really i hate it i hate it i hate it i hate it i know there's people that love it i just 
it just I, I said in the last episode I don't like gross out like mm-hmm. stuff um and so <laughs> rat fink art style is very gross out and i just i mm. oh see i'm I, not a fan i'm not a huge fan either but i really like the way that rick beach does it me too uh, I, I, mike you there oh did we lose it again oh no man we're having a, a rough go at this tonight <laughs> i know man <laughs> This week, yeah. this week seems like everything's stacked against us. No one wants us to read these issues, I guess. Apparently, or at least discuss them. We've already read them. It's too late for that. <laughs> yeah, true. All right. All right. He's, he's back on the phone. Oh, God, I hate rat things so much that my computer died. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much I can't stand rat Fink. I will say I love. Um, no one can see this except the three of us. But Mike on Zoom, your your profile pic says a mic phone, and I, yeah. I think that should be a new model of iPhone. Mic phone. Uh, I do that with all my stuff. I have the mic pad, the yeah. mic switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I don't usually like Rat Fing style art. I like the way Rick Beach does it. I do not like the way he draws Casey on the cover of this issue, though. It does yeah, look kind of co- weird. The cover Casey is weird, um, but the uh, but the interior art is really good. Yeah, yeah. What what is going on with his abs? Like he's got he's got like a nine pack, but they're like all vertical, like they're not <laughs> side by side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Well, as we as we saw in the original issue where Casey and Raph fight, and Raph pulls up his shirt, Casey's Casey's packing. True. He's got he's abs packing. on his abs. He's packing like human muscles, at least. And this, he looks like some sort of xenomorph, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, it did look like uh, Veach just kind of said, ah, screw anatomy, you know, yeah. <laughs> while drawing this Casey Jones. The only thing I could think is that maybe he was drawing him like as a mutato head or whatever. Like, yeah, because he, he does kind of change in this issue, but even well, that. He, tur- I... he, turns, he turns into a mutato head. Yeah. Yeah. But really, like, just in the face in the comic. But I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't well, like yeah, like he's it. not, he doesn't fully become one, but he's like, he's, he's becoming one. Mm. And if the road takes him, then there's no turning back. Yeah, that's all, other, I, that's, that's all that, I got for this issue. Yeah, other than that, it's a, it's, it's a weird as hell issue. Yeah. No, it's super weird, but like, it is what it is. And so I don't really have any complaints for it. You know, like, oddly enough, I, I do like it. Like, like, and I, I liked it more mm. the second time I read it. Like the first time I read it, I was you liked like it more the second time around. I liked it more the second time around. <laughs> <laughs> like the first time I read it, I was just like, this is, I don't know. I guess I didn't know what to expect, but like, I wasn't expecting that, you know? <laughs> I mean, I here's, here's the, here's the thing as, as someone who's reading all of these issues for the first time, I never know what to expect either. <laughs> uh-huh. Like you guys at least know what you're getting into. And it's me, it's like I'm zigzagging every issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But were we were we still in Northampton in this one? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Add that to the list of how many issues do not take place in New York. Yeah. No, like there's there's a surprising amount. I mean, back when the cartoon was made, I don't think. The turtles, I think, had like just left New York back when they made the '87 cartoon. 
And so like the 87 cartoon just stayed in New York, never left. Uh, let's see, that came out December of 87. Is that correct? Yes, and this was and this was 1990, right? So uh, so December of 87, the last issue published before the cartoon would have premiered would have been issue 12. Uh, that's the survivalist. That's after okay, never mind. Uh, after after they moved, yeah. But I mean, production time on a cartoon, who knows when they started? Yeah, I, I'm sure you know. I mean, that's probably at least like 86, right? You know, yeah. Well, I'm sure, like, if I came into a room, I was like, okay, we're gonna have a cartoon about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they're gonna be in Northampton, Massachusetts. People will be like, ah, okay, you had me for a minute, but <laughs> why Northampton? Yeah. <laughs> All right, issue 33? Yeah, we'll get to issue 33. I already said mine with a weird uh, sewer layer thing. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, uh, other, than, other than that, I th- I liked this one. Yeah. It was it was fun, and it was because it was very reminiscent of, I mean, because that, uh, that turtle short I mentioned is based off of this. Mm-hmm. So, like, I already kind of baked in, and, like, I... I hadn't put together that that was inspired by this until after when I was doing my research and I was like, Oh, that's why I liked it so much. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, my one anchovy is they make one of those pizza jokes. Like they had that they named a pizza off with weird toppings. So like, yeah, that's what you get for having, I can't remember what kind of pizza it was, but a weird pizza for breakfast, you know, cause one of them. Oh, it was like sick. sour. Yeah. It was sauerkraut and something. Yeah. So it's kind of just like, ah, all right. Yeah, I guess I can I can find its way in there. It's fine. Spencer doesn't like his pizza jokes. I don't. I just don't think it's funny. It's weird. So I I read uh, some other content in that Turtle Soup book. because There's like six or seven stories in there, and including that one with a ring. And uh, there's one by Michael Dooney. And the turtles mentioned the Doonster. Yeah, he's got a he's got a short story in there. And the turtles specifically mentioned that they don't like pizza <laughs> in that issue. Like it, like they must have been pushing back against it. Some people at Mirage Studios, but like all the guest people that are doing issues, like in the ring, they mentioned uh, Donatello likes pizza. Like everybody else knows they like pizza, but Mirage staffers apparently were pushing back against it. Yeah, it's interesting. Speaking of, should we talk about the ring? Let's do it. My really my I, my one thing for this, like this. <laughs> you did it oh man my one weird anchovy was uh the part at the end when the adversary big possum creature confronts Leo like he's got all these weapons sticking out of him and one of them is like a nunchuck but like how like how hard would you have to stab a dude with the blunt end of a nunchuck for it to stay in for three days. I don't know, Hard but it's not enough. <laughs> it's not the last time someone has been stabbed with a nunchuck in Ninja Turtles, though. True. <laughs> That's true. It just always bugs me when Michelangelo stabs someone with a nunchuck. Like, there's no way. <laughs> hey, like when you're a mutant turtle and you got family, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Family. Yeah. If you hadn't already heard enough of those memes, haven't already seen enough of those memes. Oh, God, those will be going around everywhere. Yeah. Get away from them. Oh, I, I've had two, too. <laughs> They're uh, driving me crazy, our, but I can't. Don't look, uh... don't look at our Twitter, then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, they were funny definitely at first, but then I saw, like, 100 of them, and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done with this now. <laughs> but, so, Mike, you, you said you didn't like this issue. Is there anything I, specific about it? or? You know what? 
it was it started with the art like i just wasn't a fan of the art style um i i just i don't like these weird these like super weird stories like it's it's weird it feels like it's weird for the sake of being weird like the the father of all reptiles from the back you know is a giant turtle um and then like it makes those weird callbacks like oh remember how you guys loved being living with dinosaurs that was when the reptiles ruled the earth and like splinter has that weird speech about how he's how they've forgotten who they are and it's like when did splinter ever teach them about being turtles like i he that speech he, that speech he gives is so weird um and then i wanted to correct you he does include himself and april as mammals that the turtles are insulting yes yeah. so he because i i screenshotted it because uh, i was like this is stupid and then i got to the next panel and he's like and i am also a mammal and then april's like oh yeah and i got hair and warm blood too yeah and then mention casey's also a mammal and raf's like okay i get well, it that, that, like, that's, <laughs> yeah. like that was that was like that was the weird one is that like splinter gets explosively mad that they're insulting casey yeah and then he's like oh yeah i'm a mammal too and then a- and then april has to defend herself <laughs> and it's it's just it's a weird panel and the the writing is it's very clunky um but it's 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 weird in a sense that like only 80s turtles can really be mm-hmm. hmm. i get that yeah for me it did have some weird pacing had some pacing issues for sure just kind of like that weird like it's kind of like slow at the beginning uh took a minute for it to like feel like it was really getting going like you have to wait till like after mikey disappears i felt like for like things to start being like all right this is going somewhere for for me for me it was when it cut back to mikey and raf and when yeah, and when the, we when we found out the two of them were okay, then uh-huh. I was like, okay, something weird is going on. Yeah. All right. Are we done uh, putting anchovies on our pizza? Should we talk about what we actually liked about these issues? I yeah. think so. Okay. Oh, I love being a turtle. So remember when I said that the ring is weird in a way that only turtles can be? So is Sky Highway, and it's. It's a fun, dumb, weird. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, whereas, like, the ring feels weird and just kind of off-putting a little bit. Uh, like, it wants to be serious. Yes. Yeah. It feels like it has an important message at the end of it. <laughs> it, it. It insists upon itself. It insists upon itself. Yes. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but you're right. Yeah. But but Sky Highway is fun, weird, and like as ugly as it was, I didn't hate reading it because it was it was it was fun mm-hmm. yeah i i really think that like of the two the river and sky highway that this is the better of rick beach storytelling like it just seems much more focused than his last outing you know oh ab- absolutely yeah. which is weird because like yeah that was that's his jam is that kind of swamp thing-esque storytelling so it's like to go to this is just kind of like it's it's weird that this is the better one yeah yeah i mean the thing is i didn't even think about like rat fink art because like i know i've only seen it 
in a couple of places. And so for me, mm -hmm. I just saw the art and I was like, this still looks very much like some sort of horror art. And for that reason, looking at it, like, I don't know, I do actually kind of like it a lot. Like I love the uh, grotesque, horrific designs because like in a way it's just like fascinating at the same yeah. time. Like there's all like these little details you notice and you know, dusty, rusty, dusty, you know, yeah, in like his I can, face. I did love all their stupid names. Yeah. And then but, like the the one, like the one German one that was like, oh, like to Lieber would buy. And she like gives Donnie a kiss. Oh yeah, the Alvidersen. Alvidersen, Fraulein. Yeah, so like, I don't know, there was something really, I guess, you know, fascinating just looking at it. Because like I said, you kind of notice more and more details as you watch, I mean, as you read along and <laughs> and see it. One, so for that reason, I those, found it fun. It's one of those pictures that gets worse the more you at it. <laughs> yeah. I also, I really like the end of this book where like Mike is trying to go off. He's trying to get everybody to like help everyone off this highway. But Leo's like, we, we can't help them. Like they're more victims of a force of nature than anything else. Like this is yeah. beyond our, I thought that was a cool little moment between the two um, to kind of show their personalities and how they think of the world. Mm -hmm. So I also just really like the narration, like the puns and similes are just like fun to read. Uh, you know, they have going on in the word boxes as it, you know, talks about what the mutato heads, mutato heads are doing. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's just fun. Yeah, all around good book. Mm -hmm. uh, Turtles Take Time. Like I said, favorite one of the bunch. It's a really good, a really quick read, too. Yeah, like yeah. very little buy-in. Uh, they explain right up front. They have a time machine. That's all you need to know, you know? Like, it's it's good yeah i mean the thing that i thought was really funny about it is it's very much like bebop and rock city destroy everything but the turtles and also zero consequences for everything they <laughs> yes. yeah you yeah know? exactly like they like, wipe out I, the knights of the round table <laughs> yeah i got to, i got to the end and they're like after they killed all the proto humans and i was like it was it a fantasy because like nothing happened <laughs> yeah i man i cracked up when because don's like all right don't change anything don't even step on a plant and michelangelo's like what plant and then donatello like loses his his, his cool and totally kills all these primitive men and yep. he's just like well crap yeah <laughs> and as we learned as we learned from loki tva is watching so maybe they've course corrected maybe yeah. Yeah, they probably just plucked those turtles out of the time stream and they're variants <laughs> now and there you go the also, Mirage Turtles are variants. The guest else, era turtles are variants. There you go. That's true. Yeah. I also really like uh, Richard Corbin's art. Like I don't think it's for everybody, but they, they look like clay sculptures almost. They're kind of yeah, cool. like I was I was looking at it and I really kind of like I really kind of like how the turtles look. And it, that's the best way to put it, is they do look like like clay sculptures. Yeah, and he does a lot like because they changed sort of body styles too. Like like you said, like one gets a uh, bad teeth and a pirate. Uh, eye patch and then later when they're like back in prehistory they get a uh, kind of bulkier and they they wear night suits like you see them in a lot of cool different situations from a really cool artist so i thought it was I, I thought it was weird that like they made a big deal about how they changed to fit the time period but it's like they're still like 
they're still mutant turtles <laughs> and it's like the the it, it reminds me a lot of like kingdom hearts when like sora donald and goofy go to like atlantica to meet the little mermaid ariel and like they turn into mer people <laughs> and, uh. like, Go- and it's like goofy turns into like a sea turtle but he has goofy's head still <laughs> and yeah it, it reminds like me a lot of that like these like these <laughs> like this whole thing of them trying to fit in is just so arbitrary because they still look like giant turtles is just so funny yeah i mean it's one of those things where i feel like the cube was just made for humans and not for mutant turtle use and then mutant turtles okay now you're it. now you're getting head canny <laughs> yeah. and I, I mean i like where you're going i like yeah. that I liked seeing the different costumes. To me, they were they were all fun, uh, no, especially I mean, the knights yeah. ones. Like the medieval ones were were great. I like how I got Donatello's hat just has like eye holes cut in it, and it goes down over his face. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's got I a Robin really like, Hood hat on with eyes cut out. I really like the single panel where Leo's holding up his big sword, and he's like, "Okay, we can work with this." Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. It took me a second to realize that was Leo because it was such a raft thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of look at the weapons. All right. Uh, the ring. Um. <laughs> so the concept of like the turtles having a spiritual journey is interesting and it's cool, uh, I think, to do. The the theme, I feel like kind of lost itself because like, I don't know, I guess it was kind of trying to talk about like, it, the you know, the environmental. It felt like it wanted to be an environmental message and then just never gets there, really. It just turns into Turtle Man, Fire, Rat God. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of, you know, weird for that reason. It's like there's this whole... Yeah, like it just it didn't really have anything to say at the end. You know, it was like I didn't even get really what what the ring is supposed to be. You know, like it keeps talking about the ring and I'm like, well, what... Is yeah the and then and then like and then like at the end like leo's burning the corpse of the rat god the mammal god or whatever and it just says the ring is complete again and it's like okay yeah but like, anyway you, not anchovies <laughs> yeah but no these, this is a fair <laughs> criticism of the book definitely it is definitely. um i I will say I do like it because I like that it kind of makes a mythology for the Ninja Turtles that isn't just like borrowing from Native American folklore, like yes. so many other issues yeah. that we've read okay. so far. Yes. And I, I do like that too. And like, yeah. that's and what it, I kind of meant. It's like, I do like the spiritual aspect to it that it gives. I like too, if you check in the background, like it changes, uh, the forest starts getting more like alien. Like some of the, the uh, trunks look like they have eyes mushrooms start to look weird as they continue through their journey mm-hmm. and then uh I, I think it's a really good like horror issue because like they're getting picked off by something uh yeah. this is yeah this is pre-blair witch you know so no i i liked the horror aspect like picking off the turtles one by one and then like michelangelo kind of being the one to rally them back up like mm-hmm. i i liked that that was cool yeah, and this this dawned on me later, and I meant to add it in my notes, but forgot to for the second time around. But we can kind of talk about it here. But don't the turtles in the Northampton arc in like the 2012 series kind of go off and have like a spiritual experience at some point? Like, yeah, there's a whole spirit quest, like three or four but, issues, and I feel like that has to be episodes inspired yeah. by this. It's definitely not an adaptation, but inspired I know, by this. Like concept. that's the I think that's when they get their mystic powers. 
mm-hmm. or like they 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 do like the mystic turtles thing for for a bit yeah um, raf gets claws and dodges yeah. the big big hammer thing yeah yeah i can see that being inspired by this at least because splinter kind of pushes them to go off into the woods and and find themselves and confront their fears and stuff yeah and which so is I similar to what he does here so yeah so i feel like it was inspired by this but they told a totally different story with it yeah yeah i mean i barely remembered what this issue was about when we started but i wound up really really liking it myself so <laughs> mm. yeah for me, well, this was I, this was a really strong trio of stories for me i, I really enjoyed it yeah like these are if you want to see kind of how weird mirage can be these three issues are granted again guest era but not weird enough that they can't fit in a canon timeline yeah well and like everyone craps on the guest era all the time but like these are three pretty decent books yeah Yeah. no i I really enjoyed turtles take time like i thought it was fun would have been better if it had Renette in it. I thought that was weird. Yeah, <laughs> but I I think that would have been be- better. But uh, like if she showed up at the end or like found them along the way, I think that would have been more fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think more Renette is never a bad thing. Yeah, as we've been reading this, I think something that I've just come to love about Mirage Volume One in general. Uh, you know, like well, Ninja Turtles Volume One in general, is that when you include the guest era and stuff, even from the beginning, like all of this is like a love letter to comics, and it's like all comic books. You know, headed in McWeenie's definitely the more cartoony style. Uh, you know, you've got it, it like because you just have so many wide variety of stories that go crazy and can only be told in comic books. That like Volume One itself just feels like I said, like a love letter to comics themselves. Yep, yeah. I agree. All right, should we move on to our news segment if we're done talking about these issues? Yeah, I think so. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. Uh, in 20 News this week, uh, just today, uh, the Ninja Turtles uh, official social pages announced Secret of the Ooze uh, Funko Pops. So we're getting the four turtles, Toka and Razar, and Super Shredder, but in also a glow-in-the-dark Super Shredder. Kind of neat. Um, the turtles look very similar to the movie turtle uh, one pops that came out, I think, earlier this year or last year, um, but they are very specific to Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, um, Donatello's doing that funny pose he does when he's pretending he's like the blow up. I love that. Um, Michelangelo. I, <laughs> I I I like I saw it and I was like, <laughs> um, Michelangelo's holding the pre-fight donuts. Leo's throwing the can of ooze when they go to the TCRI building, and Raph is doing his. Uh, the pose is very specific. It is the po- one of the poses he does in the junkyard fight um when he when it's him and kino mm-hmm. so i was like <laughs> nice um i don't really collect funko pops anymore uh, but i might get the toka and razar one mm. yeah i think my favorite one out of all the ones i saw was probably the toka one yeah I'm a, i mean i'm a sucker for turtles in general so toka 
is pretty cool, but you can't have Toka without Razar, so I got to get both of them. Yeah, fair enough. I think those uh, are, other, those okay. are coming out in October, right? I believe they're coming out in October, so you can pre-order them right now on sites like Entertainment Earth. Um, I think Big Bad Toy Store also has them. Uh, in other toy news, we are about, as this episode comes out, it will be about a week until when San Diego Comic-Con normally is. NECA has said that they will be doing exclusives this year, and they're going to probably announce them during that time. So keep an eye on socials for the next Ninja Turtles exclusive set. They haven't really hinted at what it's going to be, other than when I asked them uh, last week if they were the new figures. I mentioned Randy didn't say that they were new, but he also was very coy in his response saying he also didn't say if they were going what versions of turtles they were going to be so it really kind of throws it out there it could be cartoon arcade comic movie we don't know you know what figure i maybe would go like whole hog on if i saw it is like Ho- the idw Hoga version of shred i mean hoagie bear for sure yeah but also, <laughs> Hoke but and also, hair, not Hoagie Bear. Oh, I sorry, yeah. sorry. I heard Hoagie Bear, Yogi Bear. Uh, Hoagie Bear is Yogi Bear's cousin, who yeah. loves who loves grinder sandwiches. Yeah, who loves sandwiches. Yeah. His cousin Ruben. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, IDW Shredder toy. I'd be down for that. Yes, an IDW Shredder. I would like. Okay. I'm constantly in the minority, but I do not want NECA to do the IDW toy line. I like, mean, if it, it, it could be anyone. Yeah. If anyone made a good figure of Shredder, like the IDW version of him, mm. I would get it in a heartbeat. I love the design they used in that one. It's probably I my don't, favorite. I don't but. think that... I mean, just same. Hard same. Hard 100% same. I don't think they'll do that as an exclusive yeah um also because you know people love shredder and shredder's a main character so he's going to be in the main line no matter what mm-hmm. i don't think they do idw though as a as an exclusive what yeah. i can see is the last ronin exclusive that yeah. Oh, I hope it's not that because I don't I pay also, exclusive prices. But I also hope yeah. it's not that. But I, it, I, it's coming to me, and I'm like, I, it could be a last rodent. Well, I guess this time next week we will know, right? Uh the twenty third. So just after oh. this episode, yeah, we got another week after this episode comes out. Okay, but so, I'm just letting I'm just letting people know now. Mark your calendars, start following Nick on the socials, stay tuned to Ninja Turtle Power Hour, follow us on the socials, because I'll definitely be retweeting it. Yeah. So this news will age not like milk and more like a fresh bag of salad, you know? <laughs> yeah, think of, think, of, think of this as it, not so much a news update, but a preemptive, you know? Yeah. Uh, I have some other toy news, Mike, if you have nothing else. Uh, go right ahead, buddy. Uh, NECA announced the Napoleon and Attila Punk Frog 2-pack. Uh, this is the other half of the Punk Frogs, Rasputin and Genghis. I'm sure we knew it was coming. Uh, they look just like the other frogs, but if you want to complete that set, they're coming. <laughs> uh, yes, so that did... Um, uh, so that was officially... 
officially revealed and announced to be hitting stores this August. Um, there have been people that were able to get them through a distributor in China uh, mm-hmm. on eBay. And so that's how people have been getting them early. They are legitimate versions. Um, they're just sold through a, a Chinese distributor. So if you look at somebody like uh, Toy Bro on YouTube, uh, he's one of the people who got them from that distributor. They are legitimate versions. However, if you don't want to go through all that hassle, August is when they should start hitting stores. I don't think you'll have a problem finding the turtles or the finding the frogs, considering my target has had the same frogs for about a month now. <laughs> Uh, which is just absolutely unheard of for this toy line. Uh, they've had the same tur- uh, the same frogs and the same Triceraton, Zorax, and Zarek. And I, I just, every time I go in there and I see them, I'm just like, wow. Yeah, my target's got the same Triceratons for quite a while. Nobody seems interested in them. I mean, they, they are kind of the peg warmers of the line. Because, um, I mean, I've said this before, NECA's kind of getting into this period where they're not doing characters that people have passing recognition of, like the frogs. And then also having characters like the Triceratons who were so late in the show that like people don't remember them. I didn't even know they were in the show until I saw those action figures, honestly. So... A, lot, yeah, a, lot of pe- a lot of people didn't. And I a consider myself quite a, quite a knowledgeable turtle fan. So yeah. yeah, like a lot of people didn't. I, I knew they were in it, but I've never seen the, their episodes. So just the fact that they got figures before other characters, like Rat King, who is out now, yes. But the fact that the Triceratons came before Rat King... It's, it's insane to me. I mean, but Triceratons in general are a well-known character and more used in other versions. And so, like, I feel like that's kind of probably what caused them to make them. I could see that, yes, yeah. yeah. Yes and no. Like, people know the Triceratons from 2003 and, you know, Mirage and, and the 2012 series. But those are very, those are all kind of the same design overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These ones are so cartoony. They like they they're generic triceratops, man. They don't look like the triceratons. Yeah. No, and I and, agree with that. And it that's, that's what I mean. Like and the 87 fandom is as we all know, you know, being an 87 fan too, you know, we're all kind of dumb and we don't remember a lot past the third or fourth season. Mm-hmm. You know, so having the Triceratons as action figures caused a lot of huh in the fandom. Yeah. Like I said, I think it has a lot to do with, like, the fact that, like, they're popular characters throughout the franchise, but, like, not specifically in the 87, but they want to do everything in that 87 art style and everything because that's what, you know, I think it has to do some, it has to do with something with Nick and, like, the current mandate because, the fact that they were that they were featured so prominently in the Shredder's Revenge trailer for mm-hmm. the for the new game coming out, that tells me that Nick wants them to be used more. Yeah, so a couple coupled with the fact that these Triceratons got figures so early in the line. Yeah, I guess that could be possible. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. 
but that's that's a little that's a little too inside baseball <laughs> spencer any comic book news uh yeah the day after this episode comes out issue 119 will be out of the current series heck yeah awesome so go buy your local comic book store pre-order it or, on comiXology whatever you do to read or your the comics. idw app or the idw app but check out comicstorelocator.com to find your local comic shop but but you know Hold off on the IDW app until they improve their uh, their comic reader. That's <laughs> I know, I'm but saying. we're we're obligated to say it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it is there. But it is there for you to check it out. If you have, I don't know. Even even if you have a big screen, it wouldn't be that great because it's I don't know. I'm not going to get into <laughs> it. But it's not All a great right. comic book reader. All right, guys. Well, if you enjoyed this, oh, uh, show... <laughs> I got I got I got more news for you guys. I never really? have any news. Oh. But, I have some I, video I know, game news. so weird. I have video Vigia game games. Vinja game news. Yeah, so Arcade One Up has announced they're making a Turtles in Time cabinet. Uh, ah, that's right. It's pretty much the same as the one that came out a few years ago, but uh, it's reskinned to look like Turtles in Time. So it's got the like purple sides with the uh, giant rubber suit or foam suit Ninja Turtles on it. Uh, the joysticks are slightly different colors to match that color scheme. Um, it has both games, as I understand, and it does have some some extra features. So I guess the the top marquee lights up, the control base lights up around all the joysticks and stuff. And then I was reading that it's Wi-Fi enabled, so you can actually play Turtles in Time with other people that have arcade one-up cabinets, which is kind of yes. cool. So the original cabinet did not have that. Um, so this that is a huge upgrade. Yeah. Um, so it is currently available on the arcade one-up website for i believe 650 dollars 650 that includes the riser and a new stool uh with so that, art from the uh, from the cabinet so if uh anybody's been paying attention the original cabinet was about 300 300 400 dollars so the extra the wi-fi built in the extra lights the riser and the stool are all new that were not in that original base model so for 200 dollars, you are getting more stuff I want to point that out because I've seen a lot of people poo-pooing the price. Um, and the arcade cabinet, arcade one-up cabinets are pretty cool. I've seen them in person. I personally don't have one because I don't have the room. But I, I wouldn't mind dropping dropping the money for that. Yeah, I, I do have the first one and I made the room. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's pretty great, I got to say. <laughs> So is Wi-Fi enough to make you upgrade, though, Keith? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, that's that's a really cool feature, but, like, I know, I mean, what's the lifespan on that, you know? Yeah, I can't imagine, I can't imagine there being a huge community for that. I think it's a cool idea, and I think people who are into that are going to love it. But I cannot imagine there's going to be a huge community taking advantage of the Wi-Fi enabled turtles in time mm -hmm. uh, that are specifically buying this cabinet if they put turtles in time on the switch absolutely yeah People but see i even that. like i bought i bought a uh, turtles in time reshelled and the arcade game back when they were on xbox arcade uh back on the mm -hmm. 360 and like the drop off in players after the first month was very significant so i i can't imagine now that you're paying 650 dollars like that's the barrier 
not just the ten dollars yeah. for the actual game on xbox like that's a big barrier and on top of that i don't have the room for it like i would like to have both but they both have the same games mm. uh for me it's not enough of an upgrade but i already also have the first one so yeah and you're and you're not wrong like the yeah. the drop off the original games because i also have reshelled um i had the original arcade game on my 360 but an account i don't have access to anymore and i'm so annoyed i cannot get it back uh <laughs> but and, and that's and that's the problem with those turtles games is that you know once they get it you know it takes a nosedive like i see people asking for help in mutants in manhattan all the time yeah and i I, <laughs> I i want to i mean i have the game and i want to help them i just don't like playing with online with people i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I still don't even pay for Xbox Live, so I can't play with anyone, even if yeah. I wanted to. Well, I highly recommend Xbox Game Pass. That is quite the value. Yeah, I know we've got we've got the Game Pass. Yeah, somehow. I mean that comes that comes that comes with Xbox Live. So there you go. Yeah. So what you're saying is when Reshelled comes out, or not Reshelled, when Shredder's Revenge comes out, we're all gonna play it online yes absolutely oh yeah we have to um i mean i you guys are probably getting it for pc right that's what you guys are saying. i'm getting it Switch. i'm getting it for every system yeah okay i was gonna get it i mean like i was thinking about getting it for switch but if we want to like stream it when we when it comes out it's gotta be pc but i my preferred console would be switch i mean i also have it on switch but i'm getting it on everything so we have it for time I, to figure yeah. this out it hasn't even been given a release date yet <laughs> so we have time. Uh, it, is still, yeah. it is still officially later this year so mm-hmm. uh hop into the uh shredders revenge discord um it's fun i mean the devs aren't really talking that much but you know, it's, it's a fun community yeah, they're busy making video games yeah uh, they're, they're busy they're busy making the game that we want to come out so spencer yeah what are we going to do next week Next week, we are going to be covering episodes. My phone is dead. 19, 20, 21. 19, 20, and 21 in season three of the 1987 cartoon series. So that is Invasion of the Turtle Snatchers, Camera Bugged, and Green with Jealousy. We're almost to the halfway point of season three. Oh man, we're almost at the halfway point. Oh goodness! Still, that's <laughs> I. This is we're climbing a significant hill. Not to uh, mention steadily. Yeah, and we just mentioned that like you guys and I haven't seen them either, or at least Mike hasn't seen the episodes with the Triceratons in the eighty-seven series. Like we've got that to look forward to. Like yeah, we're, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna get an uncharted territory, and yeah. I still got both Hokum Hair episodes to be very excited for. Yeah, we haven't so, seen Chrome Dome. We haven't seen uh, we haven't seen Usagi. The Rackeen. We haven't, we seen, haven't Usagi. seen Usagi. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some stuff to be excited for. Just to, just to see ground, it, to know ground chuck and dirt bag. We have, yeah, uh, there's a there's Tempestra, a lot of prominent Tempestra. Yeah, yeah, and Lord Drag. Like apparently he's a bad yeah. guy. That maybe who knows? Maybe someone should. You know, dust him off and use him somewhere in like the IDW series. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he came he came back for 2012. Bring him back for IDW. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tom, if he's a good enough villain, I, I need to I need to read it. But then again, IDW makes everyone good. Like they made me appreciate yeah. Token Razar. So, yeah. You mean you didn't appreciate Token Razar? 
No, not entirely. No, Mike. Kinda... Mike, he's young. He doesn't know. He doesn't have the nostalgia that we do. He, he never put uh, the VHS uh, into the machine to watch this, man. <laughs> you know, he never. He never had. He never had green VHS. I, I didn't see it until I was in my twenties. Yeah, you know? oh. it destroyed the magic. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> You're, and you're he's still in your twenties. He's still in his twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I'm so uh, impossibly old. All right, let's God. let's wrap this up before I feel any worse about myself. All right, my guys. Well, <laughs> well, if you enjoy us picking on Spencer for being the young one on the show, let us know somewhere on the internet by hitting up Ninja Turtle PH on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, where we like to post random shit posts. Keith Keith does cool comic book stuff on Instagram. I do shit posts on Twitter. And Facebook is just kind of there for the news. <laughs> but if you enjoy the show, leave a review on any of the podcasting apps that you listen to the show on. We really appreciate it. Uh, we do read the reviews as they come in because we like to know what you think, what you like, and what we can work on. Um, and also, other people find the show. Um, and if you want to do that manually, let other people know what you think of the show. Um, you know, tell, send, send them a link. We got we got links. We got links every Tuesday for the new for the latest episode. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, guys, we wouldn't uh, be here without you uh, because we love you. Yeah. So, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening and putting up with uh, some of the connection issues we've had this week. We appreciate you. Until next time, cowbunga dudes. Cowbunga. They be not men at all. They be turtles here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Man. Oh, pirate Mike. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go with uh, call me uh, Buttquake. <laughs> call me Buttquake. Yeah, that oh, was man. That, the second one, but to being able to do a pirate accent was my favorite. I mean, yeah, doing the pirate voice is fun. It's fun. So. All right, you guys go to bed. Keith and other new. I finally completed Sugar Man, the builder figure. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> so I will send you a picture of it. He is Please. incredibly ugly. I got the, the Sugar Man hammer, nice, which was the last piece. Also, the Marvel Unlimited app, fantastic app. Yeah, oh, we can watch all the old episodes or read all the old uh, comics. Oh, yeah. And they have like suggested reading orders. So, like, I'm reading Age of Apocalypse now and in the order that you're supposed to. Awesome. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I, I need so, to check that one for, out. I keep meaning to to maybe pay for it, but I'm already paying for DC Universe Infinite. I see I'm not. So I'm paying for Comixology and and this and Shonen Jump. 
So I'm about 15 bucks a month for comics. Yeah. 16, 16 bucks a month. You two should just trade username and passwords. And then, you know, when you has DC, when you has Marvel, <laughs> both of you have it. I mean, there you go. I mean, as long as you don't mess with my thing. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is then it will, then it will mess with my, uh, my reading list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. All right, guys. Have Take care. Night. Yep. Talk to you tomorrow. Take care. Take it easy.